Nicole. And this is Lene, and welcome to Live from 1985, the podcast, episode two. Um, hey, everyone who's listening and watching, today we're going to get into some good conversation, like always, with me and my girl, Nicole, and, um, you know, just share some things with you guys. The first thing we kind of want to get into today is kind of a part two from our last conversation where we were talking about the importance of marriage. So this is kind of the importance of marriage part two, but we're also going to get into uh, today what we think makes a good wife. Um, we didn't get into that so much last time, so we're, we're going to start there, this conversation. I'm going to throw it to you, Nicole. What do you think makes a good wife? Woo! <laughs> this is a deep one. So... Um, the first thing I would definitely have to say that would make a good wife is being able to be flexible. Um, flexibility in a marriage is just paramount, especially on the wife's side. And I say that because we're more of the emotional beings and men aren't. They just aren't. They're just very, for the most part, men are very logical thinkers. They're very analytical. Um, and they, what I say, they just compartmentalize their emotions. Okay, I'm just going to put this here. I'm going to tuck it away and just pretend it never happened. Where we feel our emotions, we live through our emotions. And um, I think it's very important for women to be flexible and knowing that their partner deals with their emotions in a different way because we want them to be like us. And that's not the case. So uh, flexibility, uh, communication, being a good communicator. And um, also the last thing, uh, being a good wife is being, and this is, this is going to be a, a real big, what I say, uh, controversial issue because it was for me, being able to be submissive. <laughs> I know that is a big one. Some, I, it might be women out there like, you got to be kidding me. But I think it is very important to have some submissive tendencies. And that does not mean that your husband has to be domineering over you. You should be submissive to each other. But I think it's the woman that kind of takes the lead in being submissive. And when a woman is submissive, you'd be surprised how a man will follow suit and, and submit to you as well. Okay, I like those answers. <laughs> I agree with most of them. <laughs> but um okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna go right into it the submit word submissive i knew okay. it i knew no, it no it wasn't that because i i agree with you on the submissive but i it's the wording because a lot of people have a negative connotation when you hear submissive you think of the wife who the husband makes all the money gives her a little allowance she sits at home she can't do this she can't wear this she can't hang out with this friend and you think of the overbearing like Ah, but right. I will say, I think of submissive as feminine because I think women who are not submissive maybe might not be as feminine. And when I say mm -hmm. that, I don't mean like wear dresses and stuff like that. I mean like more how they are as women or how they cater to their men. You know what I mean? And yeah. maybe not so much of the... I don't even know how to say it, but what I'm saying is, no. it, it, is it making sense? Yeah, no, because I, I agree exactly with what you're saying, because that's what I had to go through. So I was a tomboy growing up. I grew up as, you know, in a single father household for a while until my dad remarried. But 
when I got older, I was very um, assertive. I was more uh, aggressive. Um, I had more <clears throat> domineering factors about me. Even though I'm an introvert and I kind of stayed to myself, especially when I joined the military, like my sort of domineering, uh, take control, uh, independent kind of uh, assertiveness was very prevalent. So women like me, and I know there's other women out there, feel like they can't be submissive and be in control. You can. That's, you know, a lot of people think those two can't uh, coexist, but they can. So when I, when I say the word submissive, I know people think, and I even pulled up the definition. So the definition of submissive is ready to conform to the authority or will of others, meekly obedient or passive. See, so, yeah, like, I guess, uh, that don't sound that good. So, so, so <laughs> it, 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 people put a negative connotation to that, but being submissive also means a better word to use then is being vulnerable. Okay. But I, I do still like to say submissive because your husband should be submissive to you. I'm not saying you be submissive and your husband be domineering and or oppressive. I know people think submissive is the antonym to oppressive and it's not, but um, you should still be in some ways. And what I mean by that is men, and we're going back to the, the chemical factors and the differences genetically between men and women. women. Women have estrogen, men have testosterone. They are wired to be protective, to be more masculine and to be strong. So in instances like that, and I'll just give an example. I used to be really bad at, <clears throat> we'd be in the store and my husband is looking for something and I have no patience. So he'd be like, I don't know where it is. And I'm like, well, just ask, uh, you know, and he's like, well, and I'm like, I'll just do it. I'll ask, you know, and I would kind of step up and step over him. Excuse me, me and my husband are looking for something. Can you let us know? And they're kind of looking like, oh, gosh, you're coming off kind of. So when I say submissive, allow your husband to take the lead in some instances, in emotional instances and in mothering and other, and it, it, it will differ from relationship to relationship. I'm not saying every relationship be submissive in this way. I'm just saying there should be some instances that your husband needs to feel like a man. Like literally as his testosterone and the way he's wired and the way he works, a man needs to feel, and that doesn't even feel, a man needs to be a man. Like literally, genetically, um, biologically speaking. Does that, does that kind of make sense? Absolutely. No, I agree with you on that. I actually agree with you on um, the word too. I just feel like it might have a negative connotation. So I kind of just feel like, to me, it kind of means like when I hear submissive, I think feminine. I think, you know, you yeah. do need to kind of know your place because there is a place in a relationship for a man and for a woman and they have to kind of play their roles for the it to work so that's what i mean by yeah. that so another thing that i feel like is uh makes a good wife and this is just my opinion but nurturing and yeah. i feel like you actually have to put care into the relationship you know love time affection like all of those things are really important to me to be a good wife. And I'm very much a 50-50 kind of person. You know what I mean? Because we both work, we both work almost the same hours. We come home, we both are hungry. We can take turns cooking. We both need to clean up. We can take turns cleaning. You know, we can 
pay the bills together if we need to. If you can afford all the bills, that's cool. But if you can't, let's split the bills. You know, I'm that kind of team player type wife, you know? So that's what I think is important uh, or to me makes a good wife is something, like you said, that's flexible, you know? Um, And holding someone down, I think is really important too. You know what I'm saying? Like being committed and not just being committed, but having that person not even question your commitment. I think that's really important because that takes so much off the table because there's a lot of women who are in relationships that are insecure because that person is either not showing their commitment or Mm -hmm. giving a feeling of maybe I'm wavy on it. You know what I mean? And that creates so many things. And once you create an insecurity in a woman, you can forget it. She's going to love you different because yeah, her mind's always going to be on what if, what if, what if, you know? So I think, um, as, as I would want insecure, uh, security, I feel like that's something that's also important is to provide your partner with security. So, right. Right. Yeah. Those are all definitely it's, it's, and like you said, I really like how you said it's for a woman to feel secure. Um, is very paramount because I, I love how you said that an insecure woman is just you're always you're always going to have issues because either one like you say she's going to be questioning everything all the time or as the man goes out goes to work or whatever she's I wonder is this going on and it doesn't have to be just about infidelity it can be anything you know is he gambling is he drinking mm-hmm. you know whatever insecurity that woman has it's always so you know even though um, you know, I, I think it's important for a man to make a woman feel secure. It's also important for a woman to look within self and say, okay, why am I insecure? Why mm-hmm. am I feeling these feelings? You know, what's going on? So, For sure. That kind of brings us to our next point, which is the most important thing that I feel like makes a good wife and also is important for a relationship period, which is communication and trust. And so let's talk a little bit about communication and trust and how that works within our relationships. So this is a, <laughs> this is a big one because trust always has to be earned. And uh, we, we touched on this just a little bit on the last one. Um, trust is, is, is huge and it ha- it's something that you have to build. Trust is not gonna come to me, in my opinion, it's not something that's gonna happen in weeks or even months trust trust is something that you have to build over years and i say that because a lot of people nowadays are coming in into relationships from previous relationships and those previous relationships didn't work for a reason so what happens is people are coming in from previous relationships with baggage and trust issues whether it be from uh, lying, cheating, stealing, gam- you know, whatever the issue is, they're bringing that into the new relationship. So then comes in the communication. Communicating from the start is to me the, the most important thing. It's the, it's the pivotal point in a relationship. This put your best foot forward type situation. I think it's good to make a good impression, but make a honest and, um, the word I'm looking for like don't make something up don't just try to show your best self transparent you should be you should be as transparent as possible so talking about situations that you've had and that you've been in 
your triggers, your whatever, that should be talked about early and not something you find out later on. Because that's usually what happens is we're so busy trying to put our best foot forward and show, you know, who we are and who we can be. But communicating and being, say, this is what happened. And I, and I think it's important not to say who it happened with. You know, like I was in a relationship with such, such and such and they used to do this. Don't do that. In my last relationship, this is what happened and this is how it panned out. And don't put any, to me, don't put any expectations. I don't want you doing that. Just say, you know what, this is what I'm working on with myself. And I would like, I just want you to know that. So then at least they have that in their mind because a lot of times just going through life, you may do something that's triggering that person, but you don't know you're doing it. So I mean, I can go on and on forever. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so, because it's so important to communicate and be honest and not hold anything back. Um, I think it goes both ways. I'm a type of person, if something's happening in that moment, I'm gonna tell you in that moment. But other people, they will, something will happen and they'll hold on to it. And then they'll be like, you know what, five months ago when you was that, you know, it's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? So that's definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I mean, and this, I get it, but it's kind of, to me, I think it's important to talk about those things as soon as it happens, because if you don't talk about it as soon as it happens, first, you have to remember you're holding on to it, but the other person has no idea. So, so I gotta I say feel, this. Oh, I'm sorry. But no, no. when it comes to communication, I think it's really important for you to first feel comfortable. And I feel like sometimes people don't give themselves even enough time to get comfortable. They might be leading off, oh, I had butterflies in my stomach. He's so cute. I just like him so much. But it's like, did you really get to know this person? You know what I'm mm. saying? Did you learn their communication style? Not everybody is a verbal communicator. You know what I mean? Some people will feel a certain way and you can tell by the way they look, their facial expression. You know, they might be a talkative person. Now they're not talking. They might avoid you. You know, there's other ways of communicating than verbally. So to me, it's just really important to get down to the core of who someone is, how they communicate. So that way you can communicate with them or at least teach them, you know, your way of communication because things like that that we think are, you know, you, everyone should know this type things or common sense. Sometimes it's not common sense. Sometimes it goes way deeper into who a person is, how they grew up, how they've been talked to in the past. Like you said, bringing that baggage, you know, into new situations. You know, some of that is because of bad communicating or not even learning how to communicate or someone mm -hmm. not focusing on the way in which you communicate and you feeling like you haven't been heard. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So... I think it goes deeper than just being like, well, you should always tell me how you feel. Sometimes if you come in the room and you don't speak to me and you normally do, I need to sit down and say, what's wrong? Let's have a conversation, mm -hmm. you know, and address the situation like that because sometimes you won't know, you know, and I feel like having that method of going deep with someone and really figure out, figuring out who they are and how they communicate builds that trust. And so yes. those two things go hand in hand. But to yes. me, going as deep as you can, and even if that is, you know, years down the road, like sometimes it takes that long to get into those, you know, deeper places with people, but like put the time in, 
Because once yeah. you get there, you get the two best things out of a relationship, which is good communication and good dress. And that's a relationship that's going to last. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. And I, you know what, I, I do have to say, I agree that um, I have to take that into consideration. Communication styles between people in general are very different. So it does take time to allow for um, a person to, and that's why I said it's not going to take weeks, maybe months or even years. But um, it does take time to learn the other person's communication style um, and even what's going on with them, what they're bringing to the table. I, I definitely agree with all of that. And that's why I, you know, bringing back to what we talked about before, I think getting into a relationship, just staying boyfriend and girlfriend for, and I know boyfriend and girlfriend sounds so high school, but just keeping it in a, as a relationship and not getting married and waiting to learn each other and grow together before you make that commitment, I think it's important to do that. Like you said, communication and trust go hand in hand. So once you have that down pat, then everything else comes easy. You know, every obstacle you come across, every, you know, the, it's a roller coaster ride. So every time you're going uphill and it's a climb, if you have that communication, you have that trust, you know, it's gonna be easy or easier. And communication and trust leads to greater intimacy <laughs> you said it better than i was gonna say it <laughs> girl it leads right into it because that is what you want as the foundation of your relationship is intimacy because yes. that's that going deep that i'm talking about you know that's that honesty that's that vulnerability that's like you know the place that a healthy relationship should live in you know this little mm. box of intimacy so mm. What's your take on intimacy, like how it affects a relationship and uh, why you think it's important? Oh, um, oh this is one I can, I'm going to try not to, I'm going too long. <laughs> Lene, okay, shut up, girl. Look, <laughs> it's, 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 it's so important. I mean, we're talking about is right up there with communication and trust because Intimacy goes back into kind of what we talked about with the love language. So intimacy, intimacy shows your partner that you care for them and that you love them. And same with communication, everybody sees intimacy as different ways or, or expresses intimacy in different ways. And intimacy doesn't always uh, equate to sex. So intimacy for me, the importance of it is a type of bonding. You know, you're learning your partner in something deeper than just communicating them with words. You're learning through touch, through um, being with each other. Through it's it's all the love languages, really. To really, to me, love languages are a type of intimacy, and I love being with that person, being close to that person, laughing. You know, um, even when we used to hang out, it was considered. A sort of intimate time between two friends you know it's not something I would share with a random you know lady on the street um but with your partner it is more it has some sexual tones to it you know it's almost it's almost like the foreplay of sex you know um but that bond it really it just becomes more it, it strengthens and you're exchanging that energy with intimacy. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely important. It's definitely to me on the list up there, communication, trust, honesty, intimacy. 
No, intimacy is super important. So I wanted to share, like you said, intimacy is not just about sex. Intimacy is really a bond. It's a love between two people, a closeness. It's um, being able to share a, a wide range of thoughts, feelings, and emotions with one another. So 10 ways to be intimate, intimate that are non-sexual are showing affection, spending quality time, going deep, sharing secrets, you know, exposing things about yourself that maybe you haven't told someone. Because believe it or not, a lot of times when you share something that might be embarrassing or sad or something that is in the core of you that kind of has something to do with what makes you you, people really care about stuff like that. And that actually makes you form a deeper bond with them. Because it's like, especially if they're, well, of course you want to trust someone that you're telling these things to, but but it actually puts them in a very intimate place in your life because they know these things. You know what I mean? Right. Sharing goals, goal setting together is a form of intimacy. Massage, love notes, and yeah. holding each other. You know, I like to be held. You know, I didn't let y'all know. So, <laughs> you know, those are all ways to be intimate that are not physical. So just, you know, going to show you like intimacy goes way deeper than just having sex or just, you know, anything, you know, that's sexual. Right. It could it could be right. sharing an emotion with someone, you know, and mm. it's very important to relationships. And I feel like if you don't have intimacy, I feel like you're still on a surface level of a relationship. Right. Because right. you have right. to have that to really put someone in a place that you would want to marry them or to me even have a baby by them, you know, but, you know, some people have babies together. They're not intimate, but I feel like in order for that to be successful, you should be. Right. And, and, and exactly like you said, um, with intimacy, not just being sexual or even like the foreplay before you have sex. Um, the energy that's exchanged with intimacy is something that you just can't, you can't touch. You can't even put, kind of put your finger on, you know what I mean? Um, and I definitely agree if you don't have intimacy with a person and you're having sexual relations with them, that can be, um, I almost want to say dangerous because a lot of times when you're not intimate with someone, but you're having sex with them, your mind's not thinking about them. You know, you're thinking about getting to where you need to get. <laughs> you're thinking about trying to get there. Um, but if you're intimate with them, your mind is on them. You know, you're trying to make sure they get there. You're trying to get there together. You're, you know, you're, and it's this bond and this connection that you're creating with them um, to where those butterflies that you have with or had for them in the beginning can last forever, essentially, you know, you at work or out or whatever, thinking about your husband or your significant other the same way you did, you know, five, six years later, and you're thinking about them the same way when you, you know, first met them. It's important to keep that um, wanting and that desire, you know, active. And as some people say, like, keep the flame lit. So since we're talking about intimacy and we're kind of talking about how important it is in a relationship, let's kind of talk about a relationship that might have had intimacy, but it went wrong, which is <laughs> the baby and Danny Lay. 
and they've had Ooh. a very public relationship situationship I don't even know if they were together if they weren't together I feel like it, at one point it was known an that they were together an entanglement yes <laughs> but either way you know they dated didn't date she got pregnant by him and they had a baby and from that baby um what I've seen on the internet is that she was at his house. They got into an altercation. He caught the cops on her and she kind of had to leave, leave the house. And I also seen another clip with him telling her that he was never with her, that, you know, she's kind of like on him, but he's not really down for her like that and her kind of getting upset. And so I have a really good thought that this is intimacy gone wrong. You know what I mean? Mm. This is maybe even someone who was playing with intimacy because, you know, obviously at some point they were together and they were dating, but turn the intimacy into just sex. And after the baby came, you know, they're having all of these problems. What do you think about this? Yeah, I, I definitely, I think this is, I, I, at this point, I don't even think it's intimacy, intimacy gone wrong. I think it's just sex without intimacy and bad communication and no trust. Um, I have to start off by saying this. I did not know who the baby was. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do a little bit of research, um, but this, this new, um, I don't know, nothing is new under the sun. You know, this type of drama is, is, has been around forever. But when I watched some of the videos, um, it was really interesting because I watched, I probably, some of the same ones you watched. I watched a video with him and he was doing, I guess, a live and he was trying to, he kept saying he was putting his, his word out there or putting his side out there. And he was saying that she never, or they were never together. You know, they were, he kept trying to stress that they were never together, called her a side chick and all this other stuff. And then she came out and she's like, oh, we weren't together. We weren't together. So here's the thing. I think just from seeing their interaction, I think he was the one playing intimacy, like playing that he was into her. I don't know if he actually said the words, hey, we're together, but it's easy to put on the facade that you're with someone without telling them. And a lot of, uh, I hate to say it like this, a lot of women feed into that because the man will act like he's with you, take you out, take you around his friends, take you to meet his family. Cause she kept saying that you had me around your friends, you had me around family. Men do that all the time. They'll have, and if their family is the type of family to just be like, well, that's how he is. They'll have you around the family and then he'll bring, you know, whoever else the next day. So I don't know how the dynamics, what, you know, if he actually spoke the words like, hey, let's make this official. But it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. I feel like she, I don't want to say she played herself, but I mean, again, we're back to your, this guy has a lot of money. He already had a, a baby mama that it didn't, it seemed like the baby was young when he left that situation too. You had to have been prepared for this, but this is also a lot of propaganda, you know, it's clout. It's trying to get that, the footage and the views and stuff like that. But it seems like girl, you kind of should have been ready for this. You know, like, I don't know. I just feel like the way he talks and the way he is, me personally, and again, everybody's standards and, you know, some women kind of like that. But if you're talking like that and sounding like that and you're 
you have this facade of being a player anyway. Um, isn't, that, isn't he going to kind of be that way to keep his reputation up in, in real life too? You know Not I mean? necessarily. And that's why I feel like he was playing intimate with her. I feel like she probably was really intimate with him. I feel like she probably put her all into it. And for her to do it for that long, I'm sorry. I feel like he made her feel that way. You know what I mean? No, she, yeah, I agree with I agree with you. She yeah. definitely kind of should have seen some of the signs. Yeah, he doesn't have a good reputation. But you never know. A lot of a lot of times people's persona is not them at all. And they put on that persona because they are the exact opposite. You know, like someone who is extremely insecure, but going out there acting all arrogant and this and that, that's a defense mechanism. You know what I mean? Mm. So the softest person could be the hardest person on stage. So mm. some part of him was being given to this girl for her to feel like that. That's oh, I just how I saying. feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he was sharing some type of intimate moments with her. She was posting pictures of them all the way back from like 2020 or something like that. So mm. he was leading her on. And I feel like, mm. and I don't know this for sure, allegedly he might have changed when the baby was introduced into the situation. You know what I mean? Because he knew the whole time he wasn't fully committed or all the way in, but I feel like he was leading her to believe that, you know? Right. So, so that's where, that's where the time for me is important. You have to put in the time because people show their true colors. You said they were putting pictures up back in 2020. Uh, 2021 was just last year. I'm assuming she got pregnant. She get pregnant in this year. No, because this year is too early. Either way, because she's when I watched the video, it was maybe a couple of months old. She kept saying the baby's three months. You're going to put me and my three-month-old baby out. So this relationship is very short. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he said one thing. <laughs> it's kind of messed up what he said. But he was like, I skeeted in the wrong one. And it's like, if you have, if you know that you are not sure about this person, whether he was leading her on, or whether she really gave herself or whether he was kind of giving himself, but then pulled back. Like you have got to be, you can't play with life like that in my mind. You know, I, ever since, you know, like I told you before, ever since I became an ordained minister, it's like, like bringing a whole kid in this. Like you have got, if you guys want to do that between each other and, and play them games, that's cool. But we, I, you're adults. You know what happens when you have, unprotected sets like that's not that's you know health science fifth grade so I just that's the only part that gets me when you bring a child into it and now the child and now you're both public figures so the child has to grow up in that limelight with and that's on the internet you two arguing that your child and then your child's gonna see that eventually at some point mm-hmm you know, it's like for sure because the internet ain't going nowhere. So for nowhere. sure, that's gonna nowhere. get seen at some point. But yeah. that pretty much wraps up our conversation on the baby and baby. his baby. <laughs> so now I'd like to get into some truth, lies, facts, and opinions, and we want to talk about how massages and intimacy in certain places that you can touch on someone to make them feel some type of way. We're gonna get into that <laughs> conversation from our massage therapist right here, uh, 
I don't know what type of certification you have to have for that, but she got it. So we're going to (laughs) get the facts from the specialist. So let us know how intimacy and massage kind of go together. Okay. So I'll start with this. Um, So I did get my, I got my certification actually in Texas. I'm a licensed massage therapist and um, intimacy goes or excuse me, massage therapy goes very deep into intimacy. I teach a couples class actually for couples to come in so they can give massages the correct way and be intimate. And it's, it is more about structure to make sure um, each person is not hurting themselves, but it also goes into, like you said, what areas you can touch that will help with intimacy. So I'm going to be using some uh, words. <laughs> So just be prepared for that. If there's children around, not bad words, but you know, some words. So um, I'm going to explain a little bit first, but then I'm going to give us a, a short demonstration. Don't worry, nobody be naked. So a lot, a lot that goes into intimacy with the bonding is uh, pressure. So this part, I can't tell you, you have to know your partner. Or if you don't know your partner, you have to ask your partner, what type of pressure do they like? Do they like light pressure, more of the feathery type feeling? Um, or do they like the deep pressure or just like a medium pressure? Um, once you've figured out the pressure, then everything else is touch. A lot of people tend to want to just use their fingertips to do massages. They want to do a lot of, you know, this. But the best place to use on your hands to massage someone is the palms of your hands and the heels of your hands. So you're going to be doing more of this movement than this movement because this will wear your fingers out. I get that question a lot, don't your fingers hurt? No, because I don't use them. I use the palm of my hand or I use my forearm or or elbow. Um, And another thing I would like to add that I I won't really be able to show, but I can give a demonstration if you ever want to get me as a couple. But anyway, um, using other parts of your body to massage your partner. Touch, touch, touch is so important. So using all of your all the parts of your body, using a very good slick oil or lotion or cream, whatever your choice is, um, using stones, you can use any type of um, like hot stones to add in. Um, and also the lighting, you know, making sure that the, the mood is set. So with that being said, I'm gonna do a quick demonstration to show you the best parts to touch First, because you I should explain this first. You want to do a stress release movement on your partner. So I'm going to show you some areas to touch on the body that will relieve stress and get the, your partner relaxed. And then everything else is just going to be kind of a go over movement. And then you kind of get into the just touching and um, sliding your hands over certain areas and places to bring the intimate part in. Okay, so what I'm going to demonstrate real quick is, because I know I explained it, and I want people to actually be able to see it. So the parts of, I'm so sorry, this is my husband, <laughs> everyone. Um, the parts that I'm going to show you are the how you're going to use your hand, and the two, what I believe are the most important places that you can touch in the beginning to de-stress your partner. So most people have a lot of their tension in this area here because we tend to be hunched over in our phones, at a desk, in the car, and we're always in this position here, like this. So you wanna focus on this area of the neck, going all the way down into the traps. 
So when you start your massage session, again, you're not using your fingertips, you're using the palm of your hand and you're sliding down this way. And again, it's based off the pressure that your partner likes. So you're gonna do two hands, gonna push down and you come back up. It's very important, full contact. And the one thing I wanna point out is a lot of times when we are just going through our everyday lives, we tend to be hunched over in our phone, uh, in the car, watch TV. We, we tend to hunch a lot. So a lot of our tension is in this area here and on this area right here. So it's good to start here and then push down here. And again, I'm not using my fingertips. I'm using the palms of my hands and the heels of my hands. And when you, and this is also while the person is lying down, they're lying face down. You can do it with them sitting down as well, but with them lying down, it's the same concept and you'll be able to, to use more pressure. So as you're gonna go down, as you go down, you go all the way down to the base of uh, the back, right above the hips. And when you come back up, one thing I like to show is staying in contact with the neck all the way up to right under what's called the occipital ridge. This is where a lot of our tension is, uh, it kind of stays. And um, what it is, is where our muscles, there's a couple of different muscles here, the levator scapula, the splenus capitis, that run all the way down to your shoulder blade. And it, they're the attachment sites. And a lot of people forget to get those attachment sites. So it's really good when you're up here to work that area right there. And keep contact always. So when you're coming up, you're gonna come all the way up and you're gonna get that area right here. And then again, coming down, we tend to wanna use our thumbs. Don't wear your, yourself out because this will hurt you more than it is helping them. So I tell people, instead of using a thumb, you can use the sides of your hands and it's gonna be actually a better effect for them. And if that's difficult for you, then I, uh, we use what's called a wrapped thumb. So that's what that looks like. I'm just gonna wrap your thumb, wrap your finger around your thumb and you can get pinpointed spots the same way you could with your thumb without uh, overextending it. So. Thank you for showing us that. That was super, yeah. super interesting. And I want to try all of that. I want that done to me actually right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I oh, love, yes, honey. <laughs> yes, I love doing couples massages because it's more than just releasing that tension, but it's also um, allowing, because I was surprised a lot of couples don't know how to like physically bond. You know, like I get a lot of couples that are good with communication and things like that. And they're like, I don't know how to touch them. I'm like, <laughs> so, I mean, what I tell people is any touch is a good touch. Any touch is a good touch. You'd be surprised just putting your hand on their shoulder. Any touch is a good touch. Um, and if they say, no, I don't like that, then, you know, just don't do that. I think people are scared of rejection or, you know, what if it's too much or too little? We're going back to communication. That's where communication comes in. No, for um, sure. The last, yeah, the last thing I want to put out and then be quiet is a couple of areas that I really like to uh, talk about 
that a lot of people don't like to touch that people should explore are the belly and the feet and the scalp. I think the scalp and the feet, some people are, but a lot of women don't want their bellies touched. Oh my goodness. Allow your husband, allow your man to touch your belly and vice versa. You know, I think men are a little bit more open to getting their stomachs rubbed or whatever. Explore those areas because I mean, you, it's called your, um, your parasympathetic, you know, that gets really relaxed and calm and feeling good. So allow your partner to touch your stomach from time to time. Okay. Those are great tips. And I never really thought about that. I don't mind it, but I never thought of it as a place where I should recommend that you go and touch or like, you know, pay much attention to. So that's something I'm add to my little, you know, all the stuff I already got. <laughs> right. So um, now I feel like it's really important to kind of move into um, our health and wealth and kind of talk about how we're going to get more into the intimacy, intimacy and sex, you know, because we talked about a lot of um, how to have more an emotional intimacy. And then we kind of mm -hmm. talked about massage and intimacy. So now let's let's get into the sex. So okay. the first thing I want to say is that um, intimacy has a big impact on your mental health. So um, you definitely want to think of those two together because a lot of people who might be going through um, mental health may, it may be because they're lacking uh, uh, intimacy. Uh, and not just, you know, with a significant other, but with friends, with family, like with uh, anyone in your life. So it's possible that, you know, that can impact your mental health. So a couple things that um, actually would help um, is going to be avocados, uh, mm -hmm. cocoa powder, fatty fish, green tea, and pumpkin seeds. All of those things will boost your libido and, you know, kind of get you more aroused and want to kind of maybe bring some intimacy, um, you know, into your relationship with some sex. And then another thing is uh, smells that can heighten you also are going to be jasmine, cinnamon, vanilla, and citrus. So if you're looking for candles or if you're looking for foods to kind of get you there or, you know, set the mood, like that's definitely your go-to right there. I'm surprised they don't have lavender on that list. Oh my goodness. Lavender. I mean, they had a bunch. I just picked a couple. So okay. lavender might be one too. It's very yeah, possible. Lavender is, lavender is a good um, mood setter. <laughs> so, no, I, I think... Um, Getting into the, the sex part of an intimate relationship can be, um, it's another one of those topics that can go really deep because everybody has differences in what they like, what they don't like, what they would do and what they wouldn't do. Um, and gosh, it goes back to communication and what your partner um, enjoys and doesn't enjoy and, and getting to know your partner, you know, getting to taking the time and getting to know them and what they like, what they like to be touched, how often they like to be touched, you know, all those things are, are so, and the bonding, I think there's actually, um, studies been done, skin to skin contact is something you should do on a daily basis, 
So if you have a partner, I mean, that's why I think a lot of people will stay in a relationship, even if it's not a good one, because if they're able to lay next to that person every night, it reaffirms that bond. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing my husband told me. He's like, I don't care how mad you are at me. I don't care how mad I am with you. Are we getting skin to skin guys? You know, I used to be the type of person. That's important. I don't watch. It is. It is. It's very that skin to skin contact. You do it with your your children. You know, they even tell you that when babies are born, that skin to skin contact is very important. That doesn't go away. You should be doing that with your kids. But for the intimate part, you know, you should do it with your partner every night. To me, even throughout the day. But at, at the minimum, you should be doing skin to skin contact with your partner. And I'm not talking about skin to skin where you're holding hands in bed. I mean, like full body, butt naked, doesn't have to be sex, skin to skin contact, rubbing your partner, um, exploring their bodies. I mean, from head to toe, you should go over your partners. And this is health too. So like one thing, again, I, I said this a lot, but he has, he's taught me so much. My husband goes, when he, when I get out the shower, he puts, uh, well, we use cocoa, but cocoa butter or, you know, shea butter, but he does my entire body. And he's not just doing it just for the skin to skin contact and for the intimacy, but he actually looks at my body and he's like, oh, that wasn't there. You know, this wasn't there. You know, what's this, you know, he's, he's actually looking at the changes, you know, and I've learned to do the same thing. You know, he'll say, well, what's that? Cause I can't see my back. You know, I can't see any of my back except for if I look in the mirror that's what your partner's for other animals do it all the time it's grooming you know they're checking each other over not just for the bonding and the intimacy but for health you know actually look at your body look at your part you should know your partner's I'd say it like this every pimple (laughs) every mole you know every uh, scratch every you know scar that they have you should know where all of that is you know, on their body. No, that's a great point. That is, mm-hmm. that is something that, uh, yeah, I never really thought about that. Like, as far as the checking every single thing and being like, Hey, that wasn't there, you know? And so mm-hmm. that's something really good. And that's a super intimate moment for you oh, to yeah. be able to get out of the shower and he puts lotion on you. And that's like, I can't think of anything more bond building than that. Like, <laughs> that is super intimate. So it is. It yeah, is. I really like that. And so that kind of brings us to the end of our intimacy conversation. And uh, I really hope you enjoyed episode two. We have a lot more in store for you. Um, before we get out of here, though, we do have uh, one more thing to talk about, and that is our claim to fame. And that is a time for us to promote ourselves. And so um, I do want to let everyone know that the shirt I'm wearing is made by me. It says Muse. This is one of the shirts in my uh, collection. And um, I'm going to have them up on Etsy if you are interested. And um, Nicole, what you got? So um, I talk about my jackets a lot. This is one of the jackets that I made. And it, I'm show you the back if I can. I do these. I hand paint them myself. I'm just going to do it like this because I'm big and pregnant and I'm not going to be able to turn around. And the dress too. So my husband actually sewed this dress for me. So I kind of show that. It's my big belly. 
So he makes, he sells a lot of our clothes, he just buys the fabric. And this is one of my jackets. It has the root chakra on it. Oh, I love it. And it's got some, it's got all of the different, uh, these are the different planets. It has the tree of life over here. Well, both, I mean, they're both trees of life. Um, then on the front, it just has the first three chakras which is kind of like gotta do this a little good. bit yeah. uh, uh. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to put my hand anyway <laughs> it's cute it's, it, it's but yeah i'll have this um this one's actually not for sale because i fell in love with love with it myself <laughs> and i so i wear it but um i have many jackets like it and it's on my website holisticmassageandreiki.com and um, I also do custom jackets. So if this is something that if you want a different shocker or just anything else, period, um, you know, if you want it, more than likely I can make it, more than likely. <laughs> All right. So thank you guys so much for watching. Um, don't forget to interact with us on our Instagram page, live from 1985, the podcast. Um, I'm going to start posting weekly questions that are related to our episode that you can go in the comments and answer and we can uh, possibly talk about it on the next episode. Um, we got a lot of requests for us to do like a part two of the importance of marriage. So that's kind of where this episode came from. So give us the feedback. We want it, we like it, we love it. So if you see anything that's interesting to you, definitely go on our Instagram page and interact with the post and you know the questions and um, the clips that you might see uh, on our page. All right, I appreciate you guys for joining. We always love when you come and watch us and listen to us. Uh, just like Lene said, uh, we just love interacting with you guys. So, you know, give us those questions so we can, you know, get to communicating and bonding with you guys too. Um, I'm glad you guys came along and joined. Thank you so much. Bye.